Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Or today, I want to talk about uh, a topic that's close to my heart, and, and I uh, hopefully it'll make some sense. I want to talk about persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. That means we're going to pray and we're not going to give up. Yeah. We're not stopping. Okay? Let, I'm going to read you, uh, if you want, you can turn to Luke chapter 18. And I want to read you a story that is near and dear to my heart. Um, this, I, I return to this and teach from this quite a bit, in particular if I'm teaching on prayer. I'm going to start with ver- verse 1 in Luke 18. So if you're there, say, I'm there. there. If you need me to wait, say, wait. Wait. Okay. Almost there. Those of you at home, hope you got your Bibles and you're going along with us. You need to be in that word. Okay, we're ready. Jesus, uh, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples. Any disciples of Jesus in here? Raise your hand. Confess. Come on, Christian. If you're not, that's okay. We're going to talk about that later. It's, you're going to have a, a chance to know him. But Jesus told his disciples, that's us, a parable, to show them that they should, should always pray and not give up. Everybody say, not give up. Not give up. That means we don't stop. We don't, we just, we're persistent. He said that in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice. Everybody say justice. Justice. So she was asking for something that was rightfully hers. She wasn't asking for anything that was just selfish. It It was justice. I'd say in this life and in this world we all want justice, don't we? Except when we did something wrong, then we want mercy. Okay, let's, that's, a different, that's a different thing. Oh my, I'm gone to stepping on toes already. Anyway, verse 4. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God and care, or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Well, another translation says, I'm afraid she's going to attack me. You know, in the Passion Translation. That's a, that's a cool one to read. And the Lord said, listen. Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says. You know, I'm thinking if Jesus says, listen, it might be a good idea to listen to what he's saying. Just just thinking out loud there. Verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Everybody say day and night. We cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, in verse 8, he will see that, that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Okay, this 
parable that Jesus tells is a contrast between an unjust judge. He, he doesn't really care about this woman at all. He doesn't care that she gets justice. He doesn't care that someone's oppressing her. And, and make, no, make no mistake. God cares that we give justice to widows and orphans. To those in need. To the poor. He cares that we're just towards people. And not uh, give preference to those who are well to do. Those who have everything together. In this house I want to tell you something. I, it would, I would to God that this house were filled up with every kind of people. And we're all in it together. And by the way I kind of think we are. You know, and I love it that way. I love it that way. That we care about the down and outer and the up and outer. Those in trouble and those that have it all together. Those and everybody in between. God loves every human. And the contrast here of this unrighteous judge and God who has chosen us. Did you see that? He's saying if that judge will give her what she wants just because she's wearing him out, how much more so will God answer your prayers to those that He loves? Those that are His. And it says, now I'm going to give a disclaimer right here. There's one word in here that I'm not going to talk much about. And it's the word quickly. Have you any of you older saints noticed that with God, a thousand years is as one day, and one day is as a thousand years. You know, Jesus says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Okay, that, when Jesus says that word quickly, I'm not saying I don't fully and wholeheartedly believe what he's saying. I just understand his timetable's different than mine. And since we're talking about prayer, let's just get it straight. God, don't do it our way. I don't know what's wrong with him. He don't mind me at all. He does. It's like when I think I'm on, I can't take this anymore. Anybody ever been there? Oh, then don't ever say that to him. Oh, you can't, can you? It's like a challenge. Let's see. I have discovered that I can hang by the skin of my teeth way longer than I thought I could. It's like, yeah, that was not on my notes. Uh, I want to start teaching from this backwards, though. Verse 8 says, the end of it, Jesus says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? In the context of what He's saying here, the Lord Jesus is equating persistent prayer to faith. That faith is something that doesn't give up because our prayers don't, didn't get answered in our time schedule. We tend to feel like if God really loves us, then He'll answer by this date or this time or according to my patience level or impatience level. You know, we're, faith knows who God is, what He's like. The flesh is always judging Him and scoring Him. Yeah? Oh, you know, I tried praying and it didn't work for me. What? Okay, in that sentence, 
Who's the it? What's the it in there? Because it seems like you're saying God didn't work for you because you were talking to him, right? I tried praying and it didn't work for me. And, and, and here's another thing. Oh, some of you are going to not like this one. Yeah, I'll go there. Okay, let's do it. Sometimes, now I understand. Trust me, I understand about this, so I'm not dogging on anybody here. I'm just saying that people will come to me saying, well, I've been praying and praying about it, but if you pray for me about it, well, am I praying to a different God? Does he love me more than you? Well, you're more holy. And it's like, (laughs) says who? (laughs) You obviously don't know me very well. Look, I'm just another saint trying to do my assignment. How about you just try to do your assignment? Don't you think that's right, Brother Jim? We all should do our assignment. I'm just trying to do mine. The same God that hears my prayers hears your prayers. And my challenge for all of us is in this house, we need to arise in faith in that one God and stop doubting Him. Stop judging Him because He doesn't answer our prayers on our time schedule and adopt this mentality that I'm going to pray until it happens. I'm going to pray until it happens and if it doesn't happen in my lifetime and happens in my grandchildren's lifetime, I will be satisfied in eternity. Because God views things from eternity, not from our temporary difficulties. Our circumstances that are here today and gone tomorrow. It's time for men and women of faith to rise up and stop judging how faithful God is according to our own patience or lack thereof. See, true faith knows that God cares. Knows that we're loved. Knows that we're His no matter what temporary passing circumstances is trying to say. See, the devil tries to use temporary passing circumstances to convince you that God doesn't love you, He isn't for you, He isn't really all that good. The devil accuses God of the things He's doing. He's trying to drag you to hell. He's trying to ruin your life. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy not only you, but your kids, your grandkids, and everybody you know. He's a murderer. And all the, all the things that don't reflect heaven in this life and in this world are a reflection of who he is and what he's like. He's behind it. He and his minions. So having said that, let me read you a... a a verse, 1 John, let's turn there, chapter 5, please. 1 John, chapter 5, verse 19. 1 John 5, 19. You there? Anybody need me to wait? Okay, I'm waiting. The Apostle John makes this... Um, makes this statement in verse 19 that I find very interesting. Okay, so this is John the Beloved, you know, the one that, that leaned against Jesus' chest on, on in the Last Supper, who called himself the one that Jesus loved. 
That's, that's interesting that he wrote that book and called himself that. And when you're writing the book, you can say whatever you want, right? Yeah. He loved me more than he loved you guys. That sounds like some people in this room. Not mentioning any names, but her initials are Irene Hammerquist. <laughs> you had to write your own book. There you go. So here's this, this book of 1 John is written maybe somewhere near 80 AD, a long time. He's outlived all the other apostles. He's, he's, lived, he's an old man now. And he's bringing in his three letters he's writing, he's bringing correction to the church. And he makes this statement. He says, verse 19, we know that we are children of God. I love that. We know it. Do you know it? See, if you know that God loves you, Jesus Christ has redeemed you, that makes you a child of God. It doesn't matter what the world around you is doing. We know who he is and we know who we are. Because we know who He is. We know that we are the children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Okay, stop right there. Did you hear what we just read? The whole world is under the control of the evil one. That means everything going on in this world that's not of God, is, there's no middle, middle ground. It has Everything in this world has a potential to stumble us And drag us away from God. I'm not trying to promote fear. I'm trying to promote wisdom. I'm trying to promote us seeing things as they are. So that when our prayers don't come right away. We understand. Listen to me. That there's a spiritual warfare going on in this world. That is fighting against us getting our prayers answered. Daniel discovered that in in, I believe it's chapter 9. Angel visits Daniel after he's been fasting and praying for 21 days. The angel says, your prayers were heard the first day. And I was sent to come to you on the first day. Now, remember, it's 21 days later. He said, but the prince of Persia. So there's some demonic things going on that were opposing the answers coming. I'm thinking if Daniel's prayers were opposed, ours might be opposed too. What do you think? Because ultimately, isn't it true that if you get what you're praying for, that means heaven broke into your life in some form and and destroyed some work the devil was trying to do aimed against you. Do you follow what I'm saying? Every time our prayers get answered, heaven has broken into our lives. It's not merely the answer to your prayer. It's a destruction of darkness. Every answered prayer... Every time God releases to you and you've held on by faith until you got what you needed, every time it's a heavenly victory, not merely you getting what you needed. It's more. We need to think bigger. This is a, we're not just in a war, we're in the war. Any war in this world is merely a reflection of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And, and it's all fighting over us. Fighting over our lives. God to bring eternal life and goodness and glory and blessing to you forever. 
And the devil trying to murder you forever and your family. We're in a fight. Face it, this world, in this world that we're experiencing, our eyes don't see it. But there is a spiritual realm all around us. Every once in a while, some of you get to see it a little bit, don't you? Some, you know, I've heard testimonies recently of, you know, angels that people have seen. And I, I've seen angels on occasion. I, you want to hear a cool story? What time is it? I got I got Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, so you, you're ready for some preaching back there. Okay. I see... I see things sometimes, okay? You can think I'm a nutball. I am. I'll just cop to that right now. I am. I'm, I'm very strange and proud of it. But I see, and this is common. You guys need to understand this is common. Some of you are going to say, oh, that's what I'm seeing. There are little lights that will go through your vision, sometimes fast, sometimes slow. And the ones I see leave little tracers behind them, and they'll, they'll move along. There's white ones, there's red ones, and there's black ones. I don't understand. Don't ask me to explain. All I know is I'm not the only one that sees them. But get this. I've been seeing them for most of my life. I go through seasons where I see lots and lots of them. And and I'm quite certain they're angels. Can't prove it. Don't care to try. But I'm sitting in a circle with a bunch of uh, young adults. This is uh, quite a few years ago. And we're sitting around talking about, you're like telling Holy Ghost stories or something like that, you know, really fun stuff. And we're sitting around talking about all these things we've seen God do. And I see one of these little lights go right through the middle of the circle. And I'm watching, and here's a circle like this. I watch it go between people and I'm watching it, you know, watching it go there. They never go in a straight line. And so I'm watching it go across the middle. And I get about halfway across, like me to Karen here. And, and I notice the guy straight across me, his head's doing this. <laughs> and I, I'm going along and I, I'm watching it and I go, I look at him and I say like, what are you looking at, man? And the guy's like, I don't know. What are you looking at? <laughs> I said, you go first. Well, I saw a little white light and it has these little funny things coming out behind it and it's going across. And it's like, okay. Then we had a different conversation <laughs> on what we're seeing. But, it, you know, people do periodically through the Holy Spirit, we're giving, given perceptions into the spiritual realm. And yes, there's angels, and yes, there's demons, and, and it's going on all around us right now. It's not some other far-off place that shows up here sometimes. It's right here, right now. So, here's my point. Our prayers being answered are warfare. It is, many people want to talk about spiritual warfare. Let's get down to the realities of it. It's your persistent prayers that you're not going to give up. You're not going to give up over your family. You're not going to give up over our nation. You're not going to give up over this world. You're not going to give up over our community. You're not going to, I'm going to pray if it's, if it's the last breath I take. I'm going to pray over these things that matter and I'm not going to give up until I get what I want. And the reason why, now Jesus said, God will grant the answers. And he uses the word quickly. And I'm not going to explain quickly because I know quickly is a lot of times well beyond my patience. 
But when I don't view it that way, and I realize this is an eternal battle for the souls of humanity, I face into the reality that this persistent prayer is necessary because we're in a spiritual battle right now. Now, I'll teach later, probably next week, on spiritual warfare a little more directly, but I want to give you a little example of persistent prayer. So let's talk about some problems that we might want to pray for in a very persistent manner. Um, I'm thinking, how about we'll just get one out of the way right now. Family, you ready? What else? Health. Did somebody say, is that, okay, health. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Health, finances, not too fast. I'm still on finances, guys. Come on. Okay, now, there was one over here. Our nation. Happiness. Happiness. Everybody wants to be happy. That's good. Uh, or how about we one up that and just say joy? Yeah, how about that? Okay, one more. Presence. 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 The presence of God, I assume you mean. The presence of God. Okay, that's it. So, presence or did you say presence? Let's go with both. Okay. I love all this stuff. Okay, here we go. So we've got our prayer list now. Okay, now I want to give you guys a little example of persistent prayer and not persistent prayer. Are you ready? Okay, for my little example, I'm going to need someone to play God. No pressure. I need someone who's really, really good at playing God. So, let me think. I know just the guy. Brother Brent, why don't you come up here? He's good at playing God. I'm older than you are, man, don't we? He might be ancient of days. That What does that make me? Okay, so here, I want you to turn and face everybody. He's playing God. He is now God. No one worship him, though. We're only playing. Okay, so every one of us has our list, right? And it's written in our hearts and our minds, you know. And do you know how to know what your list is? Check yourself on what you worry about. See, because we're, we're told to not worry, but to pray instead. So, it might be a good idea for you to start writing out your list. Every time you worry, write down what you're worrying about, and that becomes your prayer list. And, and if you worry, it's your key to start praying instead. But don't give up until you get what you want. See, because we've got all our, you know, little uh, prayer list. I, worry list or prayer list. I, We've all got those things, and we worry about them. You know, it's stress about family. It's something that really is bothersome. I mean, you want the best, and you want good things for your family, and, and you know, you think it's hard not to worry about those things. It's not hard, hard not to stress about those things. It's hard, and you get all worked up, and it's, it's like I'm on my last nerve today. 
don't step on my last nerve. And then you wise up a little bit. And then you take your little list to God. And it's like, here it is. You know what to do with my list. And think, oh, don't you feel better and all. But the truth is every once in a while we... What am I going to do? My family, my my fraternal nation, the politics, the you know, we worry, don't we? We stress, and then we get all worked up again, and then, God willing, we wise up, and we go back to God with it. Give me here. You go. Really, this time, really, really, I thank you. not care about me as much as he does Pastor Sandy. (laughs) What am I going to do? Oh, no. I've got a headache just thinking about it. But then we finally wise up again. And then we come back to him. And we leave it with him. And persistent prayer is that I keep giving him all these concerns because he can fix it and I can't. Because he's God and I'm not. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Brent. Give him a hand. Does anybody do that? Anybody other than me in here? You do that? See... This issue of praying and not giving up does something in our lives. And I want to wrap it up by saying this. Persistent prayer makes you like God. It makes you more like God. Worry, fretting, that's that's the way the world does it. And remember... All the world lies in the power of the evil one. The way the saints do it is we take our concerns to God in prayer and we don't give up until we get what we want because we know it's warfare. We know the answer coming to us is is heaven breaking into this world. That's why it's opposed so vigorously. Listen, I just want you to know, when you pray, you enlist the help of heaven. You enlist our Father in heaven to take action to accomplish things you can't do. Now, if I were the devil, and I'm not, just want to be clear on this. I'm not. Some of you say, I'm not so sure about that. Anyway, if I were the devil and I know I can beat you, I can beat you unless you pray. Guess what the one thing I would do to keep you from would be? I would keep you from praying. I would keep you in worry. I would keep you in busy. I would keep you away from the one thing 
that you can do that will destroy me every time. When the saints pray, heaven breaks out in this world. On Tuesdays, um, many of you know that on Tuesdays at noon, right in the prayer room up front, we have a prayer time. Please, if you can be there, be there. If you have the opportunity to come and join us, you can do it on Zoom. Just uh, email the office. You'll get the Zoom numbers to go, uh, information to go in there or live, either one. And we have people that join both ways. I mean, we're praying. All heaven's showing up every time when we pray. If you're at work and you have a noon, a lunch break, you can come on on Zoom and join the prayer meeting noon to one. Okay? That's a great way for you to be involved in that. And you can come and go as you need to. Okay? But as we pray, God is moving. And things are going to change. I believe that in this house, we're going to see more happen in the days to come. More healings. More salvations. More, of, more miracles. Do you want those things? Do you want them? Because God's answer is already yet. Yes. He's waiting for us to want them with us, with Him. Persistent prayer changes you. Persistent prayer changes you just like if God were to assign you to push on a one-ton boulder and you're trying to move a one-ton boulder all by yourself and it won't move and it won't move and it won't move and it won't move and it won't move. And it's like, why am I trying to push this one ton boulder here? You know, why does God tell me to do things that are so hard? And all of a sudden you hear the Lord say, would you move that, that boulder right there for me? And it's a couple of hundred pounds. And it's like, sure, and you roll it. But before you tried to move the one ton one, you could have never moved that one. Pretty soon, you're moving things in the spirit that you never dreamed because you have learned to pray and not give up. I thank God for praying moms and dads and grandparents. I thank God for praying men and women, no matter what age, young and old. I thank God for people who have enough faith to know that when we ask God and we won't give up, He's going to move. No matter how long it takes, we're going to keep praying and see God do miracles in our families, in our communities, in every place in our nation, in this world. We must be a praying people. We must be and never give up. Let's, let's stand up. Father, we just ask you, to shift things in our lives. Lord, I pray for all of us to have power over busy. Give us, give us new insight and wisdom. to If there's things in the way of our praying and coming to you, to throw them out and make room. Make room. Lord, give us grace and courage to make our schedules and our lives bow the knee to our God. And become men and women of prayer. Because you answer. 
Lord, I pray in this house, can you lift your hands with me? Make us men and women who are true kingdom warriors because we pray, because we seek your face. Lord, save us from all the distractions. I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com. 